0: What's up, everybody? I promised you on Tuesday that I'd have a guest, and as you can see now, we do the Thursday edition as we bite uh, a a larger piece of the apple, uh, a today version of the apple of education. I'm Andrew Coppins. You're tuned in to Critical Thinking. All right, dive right on in. I told everybody on Tuesday's show we would be bringing My, uh, Miley Smith from the Illinois Policy Institute, IllinoisPolicy.org, onto the program. It is great to have you back. Um, I know it's been a little while, but um, every time we seem to talk, it's it's about the Chicago's Teachers Union, and and isn't it a blast?
1: It is, I, I guess, you know, it always gives me something to talk about. So there, we're not at a loss for things that we can discuss, lament. Um, and I guess for, you know, those of us who live in Illinois, it gives us opportunities to improve our state. <laughs>
0: that, that is the uh, putting a, a rose colored look on what's going on for sure. I appreciate all of that. Now, for the audience that's like, well, why am I caring about Illinois? Um, if we go back to what Illinois policy produced with Local One, we know this about it. They're number one in the nation from a perspective of they started this. And they're the epicenter for me of what is happening from a teacher's union and the marrying of that in politics and the marrying of their power plus politics coming to your children. So you need to pay right. attention. From this perspective of what's happening right here in Chicago is coming down the pipeline to where you live, whether that's rural Illinois, whether that's big city, Oklahoma, you know, Oklahoma City, whether that's in Texas, Florida, whatever. If you're not paying attention, this is exactly the blueprint. They they're testing these things here. And when they work, they export them. And that's what you see with Los Angeles. That's what you've seen with New York City. You've seen it all over this country, and it's even in your small town communities because these teachers unions, the administration of them, all flock together. Am I am I right or wrong?
1: You're you're completely right about that. And and you know what? People don't have to take our word for it. This isn't just rhetoric. Chicago Teachers Union itself prides itself on. Trying new things, pushing for new things that are beyond the scope of normal negotiations, normal union activity. They pride themselves on that. And then they take it to other states. In fact, they take credit for triggering the swath of teachers' union strikes that occurred after their 2012 strike. So, this is their own words claiming that this is the goal to be the most militant teachers' union in the nation to push the boundaries, to push for things that are beyond negotiations, for social justice issues. They call it bargaining for the common good, things that are outside the pale of normal negotiations, and then to take that to other places.
0: And we're going to get into exactly how political they have gotten and how much they have exported that in a little bit. But before we get there, um, the thing that I focused Tuesday's show on is the history of public education, when it started, how, why it all started. And I want to kind of go there with what's going on with school choice in the state of Illinois. Um, Right now, there is a thing called the Invest in Kids Act. And can you kind of walk people through what that act actually does for children um, in this state?
1: Sure, so the Invest in Kids Act is a tax credit scholarship program. It was initially enacted in 2017 and it was enacted as a pilot program um, because lawmakers don't like to make things permanent. They, They put a sunset into the language of the statute. So that was extended at one point, but basically it comes down to this program ends at the end of this year, at the end of 2023, unless lawmakers act to extend it. And just a little bit about tax credit scholarships. Um this is a privately funded donation program. So where the state comes in is they allow a tax credit, a higher tax credit than for a normal donation to a nonprofit. So donors were allowed to give um up to I think a million dollars, I'd have to go back and look at that. And um they would get a 75% tax credit on their state taxes if they gave to the program. Um, So it was a great deal for students, a great deal for families, a great deal for donors. And the state was not funding it. But what happens is the teachers unions and particularly Chicago Teachers Union and its state and national affiliates, Illinois Federation of of Teachers and American Federation of Teachers um, don't like it it threatens their monopoly. We had about... Th- this year, we had over 9,600 students getting scholarships through this program. And those scholarships end. Now, they have enough to get through the school year. But come January 1st, any donations to the program will no longer be... Get that that tax credit.
0: Right. So you're just donating out of the good of your heart at that point in time. And that's kind of not the... well. I would argue that could be a very good thing and the point, but um, you're donating to a public program without any benefit to you. And that's a very tough sell for a lot of people who are already, even as millionaires having to tighten their budgets and and do all of those things. So um, that was going to be my first question was about the end of the school year, because obviously the end of the, Calendar year—that's a problem. That's about halfway through, so see you later. That's really a big problem um, and creates a massive mess. Now, the other component of this that I really want to focus in on is what is the rhetoric? Why do the teachers' associations, whether that's the Illinois Federation Teachers, uh, American uh, Teacher Federation, um, and and CTU, what is so the it- crux of the issue as they see it?
1: they claim that it was taking funding from public schools which is not true i mean that really is their main talking point and it was um false (laughs) it wasn't true um public education has actually public schools and districts have received more money since this program started not not because of this but this program did not take away any funding from public schools um, public schools have actually been more funded in the years since this project or this program started um and in fact what districts in the state actually what actually happens is they, they benefit they save money by having students in these other schools and so so they claim that it's costing the state money what that really means and what people you know if they're just listening to the talking points and what the teachers unions are saying they're not realizing the what the the union is saying is that it's costing the state revenue because people are getting a tax credit Um, and we we did the math and it's like it 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 only cost like i think it was like fifty eight hundred dollars in revenue per student so it costs about eighteen thousand dollars in illinois to um to to educate a child <laughs> so they would actually be saving about $12,000 a year by having these students in another school but that's not how the teachers unions played this they played it as it's costing public education it's costing schools money public funds shouldn't be used for private school education These were never public funds. They were privately donated funds. And so they really just spun it into a lie. Um, and, and you know what, the public didn't buy it. Um, 62% of Illinois voters approve Mm -hmm. of the program. Poll after poll showed that the people approve of this program. And, and so it really was something they were using to claim to be against it. Um, but everyone, you know, pe- people saw through that, the public really wanted this program.
0: And I believe in the kind of more underserved communities, if you will, um, the, the, the really p- people that actually benefit from this program in terms of the rural poor, the urban poor, um, those communities, I think it's even higher their percentage of support. Right. It is somewhere around 80%, if I'm correct.
1: So there was a- another poll that um, found 71% of Black voters and 81% of Hispanic voters backed this. So this was very much backed by the minorities that was helping. Um, another poll found, and this was one by a research firm popular with, with Democrats, it showed that all voters, but especially minority and low-income voters, strongly supported this program. So it, this really should have been a no-brainer. And I, I should have said this at the top of, of the this poll, a uh, podcast, but lawmakers have failed to extend this at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it really should have been a political no-brainer. Kids are prospering. The people are behind it. Public schools are getting more money, not less, since it started. You know, Very rarely do lawmakers have the opportunity to do something that is so universally accepted by people and exciting to people and they failed to extend the program, and it's really all because of the teachers unions here in Illinois. They were the only ones that were standing up and advocating against it.
0: Now some critics will say just because it's popular doesn't mean it's right and, That's true. And, and I'm famous for saying that on on this show <laughs> no. time and time again. I don't care that uh, that it's popular. I care that it's right. and th- the the point that people miss, in all of this is that they've bought the the teachers union line of that. This is public funds for private education. And that is, as you've pointed out, not true. it never has been. This is privately donated money that goes into a fund to fund scholarships. This is not, right. we're going to take the tax base, the property tax dollars and say $18,000 goes to child aid, over here in Decatur, and child B in Carbondale, and child C in Chicago, and do with it what you will. No. This is saying, we're going to give the choices that the rest of us get to the people who can't get these choices in front of them. Exactly. And and I think people need to understand that.
1: Yeah. The other and com- go ahead. Sorry, go ahead.
0: <laughs> no, no, you can go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, and that's the choice that Stacey Davis-Gate's who is the head of chicago's teacher teachers union has made for herself she actually has placed her own son in private school and um the the quote i'm gonna actually pull it over here and, and read it because it's just it's a killer it's yes. they put their son in public school so he could live out his dream of being a soccer player while also having a curriculum that can meet his social and emotional needs that is exactly why every parent particularly low-income parents that this was helping should have this program she can afford the choice but she was taking it, she she took it away from impoverished parents who don't have that same option
0: it, not only that but it is also a damnation of the fact that we are spending more money per pupil than anybody in the country quote- unquote on a child's education yet we we don't have basic, um, places for them to be able to pursue dreams, to to kind of buy into that this is social climbing, that that our education system is supposed to be about uh, opportunity plus um, social climbing and all of those things, right, that we've been sold by the teachers unions, by and large, since the early 1900s, um, that, that this is what education was supposed to be about. It never yeah, has and- actually ever been about that pr- prior to that. They have literally put into law in the 1800s, right? 1852, compulsory public education. The Catholic uh, people said, no, we don't want your Protestant education put on our students. And what did they do? Create their own private institutions. They put into law across this country that you couldn't do that eventually, that they were banning your ability to pay for private education struck down by the Supreme Court of the United States in 1925 and about what 7 years later the teachers union came about and magically public education is about something very different than it was started as in and, their mind
1: and that's um, what I that's what I was just thinking like the the interest of the best interest of the students has never been what the teachers unions are about regardless of why public schools started it's the best interest of the student is never what the teachers' unions are about. And it's interesting that Stacey Davis-Gates, I mean, for a number of reasons, the irony (laughs) alone is interesting. She has placed her own son in private school, but she is part of a caucus um, called CORE. Their leadership is part of this slate of leaders called CORE. And CORE took over CTU in 2010. And all sorts of things have gotten worse since CORE took over. Enrollment has dropped. Absenteeism is up. Um, the proficiency is down since they took over and so you know she is taking removing her son out of the public school system that ctu is very much responsible for that's her leadership the leadership of her slate of ctu that has caused these problems
0: jesse uh was it jesse
1: Starkey? yes jesse starkey
0: prior to her uh he was the president of the teachers union She is just in lockstep moving that forward um, from a very militant perspective. And the other irony that I find in all of this is that her salary is funded by us. So she is taking our money happily, by the way, taking our money at a tune of over $200,000 a year and able to then use that money to take her Children out now. To be fair to her, her younger daughter is in, uh, is in the public school system.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so, two of
0: them. Right, but there's two, but but still, <laughs>
1: yeah, right.
0: When you right. were given an, when because we have given you the salary commiserate with whatever role that is, um, you have taken the opportunity to to use it to climb higher, or and better you know what, educate, means- or give better opportunities. That's what everybody else wants, but you're doing it on our dime.
1: And she's doing it on the backs of the members. So, you know, we pay, the public pays the teachers, the teachers are funding CTU through their dues. Mm -hmm. And she really has her, her leadership um, on every metric has been a failure as a union president. So, they actually have spent less on members in her presidency than ever before. Um, just 17% of what they spent last year was on representing their teachers. They spent three times more on political activities and lobbying and membership has dropped under her leadership. So if you're, if you're looking at, at things for, oh, and she's ra- they're raising dues this year, they're up by 13%. So they've gone up $161 from um, 1242 a year to 1403 a year. So they're spending more on politics Less unrepresenting under- teachers, members are upset. Union dues are up. If if this was a business, if you were looking at this as like business metrics, her leadership is an absolute failure, and that is you know that is damaging. It's tainting the union and the members through her lack of accountability and her hypocrisy.
0: Yeah, we're talking like Lee Iacocca running Chrysler level of <laughs> of insanity when it comes to the numbers. It, it, you didn't even mention the the declining memberships they they have fewer members today than they did when the core took over. And, and they go through some of that in, in, um, in local one, the documentary that you can still watch, I believe on YouTube, uh, go That's check right. it out there from Illinois policy. Um, but I wanted to get into the invest in kids act because this has been something that has been taken up at least twice, if not three times, I believe in this year's legislative calendar. Interestingly enough, um, it was kind of voted down or not allowed out of committee, I believe, in June of this year. Interestingly enough, can you tell us what has gone on since June of this year?
1: Illinois has something that's called a veto session. Um, That's kind of a misnomer. It's supposed to be a session where, you know, in the strict sense of legislative terms where lawmakers come back and vote on maybe overturning a governor's veto. That's not really what happens. It it can happen, but they also do pass legislation that hasn't been voted on before. And there was a bill, it was a compromise bill um, to allow invest in kids to move forward. There were some things that were changed, like maybe the percentage of tax credit, but there was the, there was a bill. And what House Speaker Chris Welch did was he made up a rule that he wanted 71 members of his caucus. So he wanted 71 Democrats to say they were going to vote yes on a bill before he would move it out of committee. So he never called it a vote because there weren't seventy-one members of the Democrat part, Democratic Party that were yeses, but there were, a, there were I think a unanimous. I'd have to go back and look. Republicans and there were Democrats who were not on record but willing to, you know, including the sponsor of the bill, you know, to, to move this forward. But he never called it. And so there was never a vote on this bill at all. And there were students, hundreds of students that went to the Capitol in the last week during veto session, um, chanting, you know, save our scholarships or call the bill. And it, it, it is just kind of mind blowing um, to see those videos and those children's voices who are begging for someone to save their scholarships. And, they, and the house speaker doesn't even call the bill. Um, it's, it's, it's hardworking.
0: Yeah, and I, exactly. And I think it is the greatest demonstration of how you beat down a constituency. If you won't listen to children's testimony, what does it matter for me to show up? You're never going to actually listen. So why waste my time, my effort, my money to go down to Springfield to spend the time, whether that is organized or not. Um, but more importantly, speaking of organizations, CTU. Since June of this year, has spent, I uh, believe, one point five million dollars on on lobbying.
1: It, it's the teachers unions altogether. So since June first, teachers unions have spent nearly one point five million dollars. Have funneled that money into the the political committees of current lawmakers. That's, that's not any money they've spent on other political causes. That's just on current lawmakers who are sitting there to make the decision. And um, CTU's part of that was about, was over $40,000. Um, so, but that's, I mean, like that is that in itself, Ooh. like just since June 1st, that <laughs> much money has come in. So, you know, you can't say like, oh, that was to tell them how to vote on invest in kids, but you can't disassociate the the timing of that money coming in after June 1st in the lead up to this veto session.
0: Exactly. We're not talking about an election year in which you need to try to fund campaigns. But the other part of this that I find interesting is the component in which CTU hasn't just tried to exert influence over their already massive Democrat uh, base here in the city of Chicago. Mm -hmm. This is the part that I want people to pay attention to. Because they are the most well-funded teachers union in the state. They are now exerting their power, their political persuasion, their dollars all over the state. There are people from down south in Illinois, which, by the way, if you don't live here, it it feels like a completely different uh, animal than up north, than in Chicago. uh, You have to go there. You have to experience it to understand it but it's very weird that they would be spending money down there right, That's right. it's very weird that they're spending money um uh, uh, out by the the mississippi river right like you're in chicago what are you doing influencing what why yeah. right how so, much of that is actually going on here
1: so more than 4 out of every 5 lawmakers has received money from teachers unions not just ctu but from teachers unions in Illinois. Um, when you look at Chicago Teachers Union's lobbying record, you can, we have pulled the number of bills and what those are that they have so called slipped on. So registered their official support or lack of support. And since 2010, when CORE took over, CTU has slipped um, over 1,360 times on, I think, over 480 bills. These are not bills that are Chicago centric. These are bills that affect charter schools, curriculum, education policy all over the state. And and so it's, it's one of the, I think, key takeaways that people all over the state need to realize that Chicago Teachers Union, yes, it has Chicago in its name, but its political activity affects everyone in Illinois and particularly, obviously, students throughout the state
0: and it's not and this is a playbook that is replicated elsewhere a great example of this is the Illinois Federation of Teachers right and and if you've paid attention to that i think it's something like one organization that they spend money on outside of chicago what
1: yeah i haven't looked at that specifically um, but, you know, the connection to Stacey Davis Gates is the executive vice president at Illinois Federation of Teachers. So, what there is of, you know, a lot of, of what IFT and CTU do is coordinated by the same people.
0: Yes. And this is part of the template that they are attempting to use. So... It- The reality of state politics is this money is going to talk. You have to fund campaigns. You have to be able to do those things. But if your your money and your political clout is on the backs of our money, this is our money going to teachers who then turn around and use that to to pay their dues and fund a teacher's union, whether you know it or not. This isn't like their own money that they're paying out of their pocket from some investment fund. This is coming directly out of their paycheck, which is funded by us as taxpayers. Whether they want to admit that or not, you have to pay attention. And this is the template they use across the country. One of the most ironic parts of all of this, and something that I believe that you have covered, is our neighboring state of Indiana with Stacey Davis Gates. This is how (laughs) crazy the irony, the hypocrisy of the people who tell you they care about public education, tell you they care about funding this as much as humanly possible. Can you get a little into that for us?
1: Sure. So we did some digging on um, Stacey Davis Gates. And we found that she is, or was, I should say at this point, taking a homestead deduction for a house in South Bend, Indiana. So she was getting a deduction for this home in Indiana that is intended for people who own and occupy a home as their principal place of residency. Mm-hmm. She does did not live there, does not live there. She owns it, does not live there. So she should have been paying four times as much in taxes. And um, we, Broke this story, um, and it was picked up. And we have now heard from St. Joseph County. We've we've called and, and talked with them that they have removed that exemption um, and are seeking back taxes. Um, but I think they're limited in the amount they can get by, like yeah, three it's something year. like three years. Yeah, it's something like um, up to right, three
0: years. But yeah,
1: yeah, the hypocrisy of that. We're talking about someone who, in her support for Brandon Johnson for mayor said that uh, she wrote that he's the only candidate who has a plan for desperately needed new investments by asking the wealthy and corporations to pay their fair share. fair share. Um she and CTU advocated the so-called fair tax that would they said tax the wealthy but really just raised taxes on would have raised taxes on the middle class. So, you know, this this is she and CTU are advocating for fairness, but she was taking money away from the public schools in Indiana by not paying her fair share of her property taxes there.
0: Which, by the way, uh, thanks to the interrupted reporting of Illinois policy, she has never occupied that property, period, from what I understand.
1: So it's really, you know, the the records are very interesting because (laughs) she has... She, in 2004, I think it was, and I don't have all these documents pulled up and there's a lot of dates in there, a lot of documents, but 2004, 2004, she signed a residency um, statement with Chicago Public Schools. So that was two years before she purchased the home in South Bend and she's registered to vote here. But up until like a few years ago she still had an Indiana license. So there's a there is a a lot of interesting aspects of her residency um, but it is certain that she has not occupied that home at least in the you know last several years.
0: Yeah, and and then the, for people who don't know the homestead thing, it's akin to homeowners exemptions in other states like we have that here. If you live in this home, you get an exemption towards your taxes. Why? Because they want to incentivize people to actually own the property, occupy it, rather than as an investment. Um, that That's all things that, that they tried to do. Um, the, the point of the matter is that there's a lot of hypocrisy that comes from here. But more importantly, um, if you could tell people across the country maybe two, three things that you need to watch for from your state from maybe other localities what's being exported as we take a look at this because there's fights in Texas there's fights all over the country for various versions of school choice this is our i would say kind of half-assed version of it but it's something and yeah. where's this going from the teachers union perspective how low are they willing to go to nix so i this? think
1: one of the first things to be watching for um in other states is even if you have what you think is a solid school choice program in place that doesn't mean they won't try to repeal it or pull it back just like they did here Um, we've seen that with other union issues michigan had passed right to work and you know they went after that and repealed that so don't ever feel safe because this is something that they, they they don't rest and i would um really be watching their political spending. Um, Chicago Teachers Union poured money into Brandon Johnson's campaign, nearly $2.3 million. He was mainly funded by unions and particularly uh, teachers unions. And it really is a lesson for other cities. Chicago Teachers Union has done this now. Just like you said earlier, they do it, they try something, and they take it somewhere else. And and now they're sitting at both sides of that negotiating table. So, you know, a few things here. They're going to advocate and spend money to attack school choice everywhere. They are going to try to win political races so that they can take over city halls. They can take over legislatures. Lori Lightfoot... Um, said to the new york times at one point when she was still mayor that she thought that ctu was really after taking over city hall well now we've seen them do that once they're there at that bargaining table bargaining it with themselves basically watch out for what they're what they are demanding we have seen chicago teachers union demand affordable housing the creation of housing we have seen them demand defunding the police we've seen them demand defunding banks whatever that means. Um, So there are going to be a number of demands that we will see for sure in the next year when they're negotiating a contract. But that's something that other people need to be watching for in their own states.
0: Absolutely. All right. So any last words um, of advice um, for those who actually are paying attention? How can they maybe take a look at this from a perspective of what do we do other than just watch?
1: Sure. Well, if there's any teachers, you know, they do not have to be trapped into giving money to this union or any other teachers' unions. And, you know, the money doesn't stay local for the most part, even if you're not in CTU. The money doesn't stay local. Typically, it goes up the chain to like the Illinois Federation of Teachers or the American Federation of Teachers. If you are a teacher and you don't like how the unions are spending your money, you can opt out. Um, and they can go to leavemyunion.com. There are are methods of helping them get out of their union and stop those dues. If you are a parent, I would say be paying attention to what's happening at the local level. Much of what happens even in the local school school districts with local school boards happens um, because of what teachers unions there are doing. And so it's really about awareness and spreading that word. Um, And I think the last thing I would say is people need to be aware that there's a very critical difference between teachers unions and private sector unions. They're much more political. They have a monopoly on services. There aren't as many restrictions, particularly in Illinois. They can demand anything and on strike to get it met. Um, I like to refer to it as like it's, it's not my grandfather's union. My grandfather was a railroad. This is railroad worker. This is not his union. This is not the same thing what these teachers unions are, are unions are doing is harming everyone including people who are in public or private sector unions so that is something like w- people need to see that there's a wedge there this is not a union that is for our good for students good for the teachers good this is a union that is in it for themselves and their own political agenda
0: and i would say the same thing whether if this was a conservative agenda or a progressive agenda. It doesn't matter. There's no place in a public service exactly. union to, to just shoehorn in whatever belief system you have. It is one thing to privately, as a citizen, activate and do those things. It's a wholly different thing when you take the money that is coming from the taxpayer to literally advocate against half or a quarter or whatever percentage of that population. It, it, it right. is mind boggling to me. Um, so people watch out because if you're in the reddest of red areas, I guarantee you, unless you have been paying attention already, those people on the boards, those people running the teachers unions, those people in teaching positions are as progressive as they come. And they are playing from the same playbook, even in your red school districts, pay attention Try to advocate for citizens to get on those school boards, to be active, to act as a buttress against some of this, but you have to pay attention no matter where you live. Uh, With that, though, how can people find your work and what do you guys have coming up over the next uh, month or so as we kind of end the year?
1: So we are at illinoispolicy.org and there you can find, you know, one of the things we're watching is the proposed mansion tax um, that Chicagoans are going to be it's voting a whole on, Different number, uh, number, you know, of budget and tax issues as we close out the year. Um, so anything that's in, I mean, we talk about education, labor, um, budget and tax, all of those issues you can find at illinoispolicy.org.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure we'll have you on throughout uh, 2024 and uh, have yourselves a great holiday season and a happy new year. If I don't see you or talk to you beforehand, I'm sure we probably will run into each other because we run in the same circles sometimes, but yes,
1: (laughs) that sounds great. Thank you.
0: All right. Take care. And with that folks, I hope you've enjoyed that deep dive, understanding the things that are happening here are coming your way As well, that's why it's important to know the local stuff so that it doesn't become national. With that, folks, I hope you have a good rest of your week. We'll be back on Tuesday um, with a new topic, with new people, new whole different things uh, for you as we kind of wind things down here in 2023. But until then, please be smart, be safe, be kind, make sure you eat all of your meals. And as always, Matthew 547.